0: Hey guys, welcome to Reframe Your Brain, I'm Danielle Kent, and I'm Leah Sofran, and we are speech-language pathologists, thinking Yay. creatively and a little bit differently. I said speech-language pathologists. You said it this correct. time. <laughs> yes. We're not sleech-language. <laughs> no. Sometimes those words don't come out easily. I know. And it's when really hard. When you're a communicator by nature and you say your profession correctly.
1: <laughs> I do feel like professions that have names that require acronyms maybe should reconsider their names. Yes. like if the name is long enough that it requires an
0: abbreviation, maybe do you need all those words? No, no. <laughs> maybe I mean, I think as an SLP, I feel like people are like, you work on articulation, right? Yeah. And I mean,
1: <laughs> although we were going to talk about overcommunication today, yeah, and I guess having all
0: those words definitely overcommunicates what we what do. We do but still people get under communication of what we actually do. Yeah, they the bre- the the scope the of scope. what we do of what we do hmm. or can do. Yes, yeah, so we have a couple interesting topics today. We are going to talk a little bit about the importance of staying curious. Mhm. We're going to talk a little bit about visuals and over communication yeah so so I'll, I'll
1: start at, so one of the things that I really like to do is go to a public place where there's signage <laughs> this is Leah's idea for fun this, this is my idea you asked her what she
0: wants to do on a weekend <laughs> why do I go hang out with people
1: watch and watch how many people struggle with interpreting signs yes <laughs> and try to figure out like what is the problem there where's the breakdown and there are two specific examples that Um, that I use when I talk about this. One is uh, they're both at um, grocery stores where there's you know like a sit down kind of area where you can buy stuff and sit down and eat it. And one is with the microwave that you can use to reheat things and so the microwave has buttons on it that are different from a typical microwave and then it has a key for how to use those buttons. And there's some ambiguity that uh, um, there's some there's there's something lost in the translation there between the key and the actual implementation of that information, and I have never seen someone approach that microwave and just completely right away understand that key yes, and I have sat there a few times like i've done this I've done this experiment a few times because I used to think it was just me that I didn't grow up with a microwave and I don't have a microwave and yes. so you know, if you're not accustomed to using something, it's maybe it's just a lot figure it out. Yeah. But it isn't, it isn't just me. It's pretty much everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who I've seen observe <laughs> that. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other place I've gone for a long time, they had this wonderful, they were definitely trying to like beef up their recycling program. And so they had this station for trash and recycling and the signage made absolutely no sense. And, so you would see like the trash portion of it just always overflowing because people would get confused and they would just put everything in the trash. Yes. And I at one point I took a picture of it and went home and was like, "What is wrong with this? Like yes. why why is it so confusing?" and they had weird color coding that really didn't mean anything and people thought it would m- meant something and yes. so they would do something based on that and it was wrong yes. and then they'd just throw everything away yes and that particular business has has improved there over the last couple of years i've seen some changes in in that signage so i clearly was not the only one who yes was. yes and one of the things i always think about is if you need a lot of explanation A lot of text explanation or someone to show you how to use those sort of universal visuals then they're not really effective effectively doing what they're supposed to do yes so when I think about visuals for communication I sort of apply the same idea if if you need me to really explain the tool that I'm giving you to support your comprehension of something or your ability to express something then it's not really an effective tool yes. that you could use, that anyone could use. Some tools need a little bit of explanation if they're very specific.
0: And new. And, new, or, you know, and if experience. the skill
1: of using a tool is new. Yep. But for someone who's accustomed to using tools to not be able to figure it out. Yes. Or to not be able to figure out a way to make that tool work for them. Yes. Then the tool's not effective.
0: Yes. And I think we come across this a lot in some of the evaluations, you know, just, you know, particularly thinking about, you've seen it in certain places. Mm-hmm. We also see it on really well-intentioned teams who have Absolutely. really done a great job of creating visuals, but we look at the visuals and we go, I don't really understand, like, what? what's the function Show me of this? a little bit about what this means. And I think if we can look at it as adults who have seen tons of visuals and go, I'm not exactly sure what this is saying. Right. Um, and so one of the things you've said in evaluation once, which I loved, was if you were to go show this to 10 other students in the classroom, would they all know what it meant? Right. And I think that universality of, you know, most people understanding what it means. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about how do we make that happen, Right. How, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, and I think, you know, some like taking the approach of staying curious and thinking about how will other people right. receive this, right. what will they need to be successful? It's very rare that there's an experience that only one
1: person has that will never need to be replicated or will never be experienced by another person. So I would say that 99% of the visuals that we see and that we make are things that could be used by other people. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's you know an individual photograph on it that needs to change, but the function of that tool should have some degree of universality, you know, universal use yes. to it. And it, universal might just mean within a kindergarten classroom. Yes. It might not mean school-wide right. that every student want to understand that. But within a shared context, there should be a shared understanding of the function of that tool. And figuring out how to represent that shared function is sometimes where the breakdown happens for, yes. for teams who are making visuals or for individuals who are making visuals. And sometimes it's because they focus... On too big of a picture and they're trying to put too much information into one tool and sometimes it's because they're they're hyper focused on very specific details and they need more context yes and sometimes it's because they don't really know what the student understands yes so they've designed something thinking that it'll be understood by the student but the structure isn't a good match for the student. Even if the sort of, you know, big picture versus close-up picture is appropriate, the structure isn't working for them. Yes. And I think those are the three main, the three big components. You know, within that, there's a lot of variability, but... Yes. um, And the idea that these tools can be a starting point And you try it, and you stay curious. Is this working? Is this working? Yeah. Is this piece working, but this piece isn't working? Yes. How do I determine that? Um, That that's really important. Because if they can, you know, visuals, visuals can take some time to make. Yes. And if you go through the effort of making something, you know, it's hard to, to then be like, oh, I have oh, to change this. I have to this. change this. I'm I have to do this. it again. And yes. we have such a culture of perfectionism that it's really hard. Like, it can feel like, well, I did it right the first time. Yes. So there's something else that's going there's on. There's something wrong. I yeah. did it right. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not yes. being modeled correctly or the student doesn't understand it. And we need yes. to teach the student something. Those may all be true, but it may also be that the The way you made it needs to be be changed.
0: I think, too, along that line, students also, I think sometimes what we see, too, is a visual is made, and it's given to the student, and that how to use it whole mm-hmm. piece. Right. How to use it functionally. You know, we see this with the communication devices as well. But how to use it. Right. Showing them. So, you know, the I do, we do, you do format. Yeah, Make sure you stay in that place of how you use this. Right. With the we. Instead of being like, all right, here's, I'm going to show you and now you do it. And not missing that big gap of time. Right. And opportunity to show them how they can use it. Right. And remembering that. Everyone needs to be shown something more
1: than once. Yes. And then people with autism or Down syndrome or any sort of learning difference are likely going to need to see that modeled for them many more times than we think would be needed. Yes. And, And probably even... Most adults would really benefit from a lot more modeling
0: than we think we need. Yes. And I think sometimes we presume competency before competency has happened. Right. I mean, I know in training, sometimes this happens where they'd be like, well, you guys already know this, so we're going to gloss over this. Right. Instead of being like, you guys might know this. Let's go over it a little bit more. Let's talk about this. Same thing with visuals. Yeah. You know, we've shown you this before, but let's talk about, again, about how we could use this.
1: There was something that I read. I can't remember what the alternative word was that was used, but the idea of presuming competency is an idea that's been around a long time, and there was this variation on it where rather than presume competency, presume the ability to learn. Yeah, I like that. So rather than presume that the skill exists, presume that the ability to learn the skill exists. Yes. And I think that's what you're describing is that then you find that someone may have parts of a concept or parts of a skill, but have some pieces that need reinforcing, or they have learned it in the past, but it's been a long time. Yes. Or they learned it one way, and we're wanting to teach a slightly different way to incorporate something new, yes. so that presuming, you know, and like I said, I can't remember the single word that was used, but yeah. basically
0: presuming that there's an availability, yes, to learn, to new, learn new things, things yeah, to learn new things, yeah. And I think, you know, coming back to the whole staying curious component, staying curious about what more information do we can we give here to support this person, right. Right. Support this learner, support this professional, and how to use this tool, whatever it might be, right. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier about this idea, earlier
1: before we started recording, about this idea (laughs) of under-communicating versus over-communicating and how there's
0: this tendency to... why don't you talk about it? Yeah, so one of the things I um, came across last year, uh, kind of my first year in business was I would send follow-up emails to Teams before I was coming and be like, hey, just confirming I'll be here on this date with this and I can't tell you the number of responses I got back from Teams being like, thank you so much for your excellent communication and really it was just a follow-up email and so it reminded me of the importance that over communication I think people sometimes are like well, I don't want to send that other thing because I don't want to over communicate right well over communication I think is sometimes I think sometimes people use that in in lieu of using like over delegation or micromanaging mm-hmm. so like I don't want to see micromanaging is really the concern whereas over communicating your intentions rarely happens right over communicating what your information. and necessary information, of necessary information yeah. rarely happens. Oftentimes there's an under communication right. of information, and if it's feeling like over communication then probably there's something else going on yes. like
1: an element of micromanaging or an element of um, Someone you know n- not following through with things yes. and so the over communication the sense of over communication is coming from a different a breakdown in something different right um, and so you're needing to repeat yourself or yes. you know address things in a way that feels excessive but when you're talking about necessary information or right. useful information right? Right? or um, reminders yes, which everyone benefits everyone from, benefits from yeah you know to to assume that I think a lot of that for me I hear it and I, it goes back to this idea of like we all, um, hold ourselves to these standards of like, I just have to know all the answers. Yes. And I have to know what I'm supposed to do in advance. And if we let go of that, then we start thinking like, oh, maybe this team would really benefit from a reminder. Like I know they're super busy. Yes. And so I'll just send them a reminder so they know what to expect yes. so they can be prepared and feel comfortable. And it's coming from a place of ensuring communication. versus Versus, um, you know, being critical about the quality of what they're doing right. or critical of yourself of, you know, well, I'm, I'm giving to, I'm micromanaging. Right. right. So it's a slightly different framework and, yes. you know, sort of
0: shift in how we think about why we're sharing information. Why are we sharing it? Yeah. 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 And I, you know, it's funny, when we talked about these topics at first, how, you know staying curious and communication and visuals at first to me they seemed kind of disparate dis- yeah mm-hmm. but now you can really kind of see that cl- the close connection between all the information so I get you know in terms of like how to navigate the communication piece I always think of it as like following up following up with things right. so if I say I'm going to do something before I do it I just do a follow up yep. hey I just wanted to confirm I'll be there in this time and this date and doing it without a vibe of like you should remember this, right? Or like you you should already know this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Right? There's not a should behind it. There's not yeah. a presuming of anything. There's just cl- you know communicating my intent clearly. Yeah. I just wanted to follow up and let you know I'll be there at this time. Right. And I think that is always received really well. Versus if I were to be like, hey, making sure you have this on your calendar, you know, right? That time, that kind of vibe, right? For communication. Yeah, because you're sharing like I'm. This is what
1: I'm gonna be doing, and there's an implication of like, hey, if I'm coming to see you, then you know, I'm co- you, then you're expecting that the person is going to receive that information and yes. be like, oh, right, I should keep track of that. Yes. Or I need to keep track of that. Yes. Instead of directing the other person and creating those priorities for them. Yes. Yeah. I think there was one other thing I was going to say about um, visual representation of information. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, I
0: am an artist. Yes. I'm really
1: like, yeah. I gravitate towards visual representation of lots of things. Yes. And I I always find it really interesting to see how much verbal information or how much text can be distilled into like its simplest visual representation yes. and still encapsulate the the size of the original message and like the the, the s- Scope of the original message mm-hmm. and I think that would be a really fun activity to do in a workshop yeah. you know with like uh, people get very um, uh, self-conscious about their drawing or art skills yes. but to use like pre-made visuals and have people try to create and represent something that's complex yes. in a way that they feel really represents the depth of what they're saying yes. to understand how you can take away all this superfluous stuff that we use yes. and still have meaning um could be really I think just an effective way to understand how to simplify
0: yes, so Leah makes amazing visuals <laughs> if you ever Leah you know she makes amazing visuals I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you could give like two tips for people making visuals and i'll sure. talk, I'll talk for a minute so you can yeah. think. I think when we talk about how, and I think visual, visuals as a gist also thinking about a right. grocery store mm-hmm. not necessarily specifically for a student. But when you're looking to create a visual, mm. two things that you want to consider as you go to create that visual, what would those two things be for you? Yeah if you were to create For me, a visual?
1: so the things that when I look at visuals sort of just in the general, you know, out and about, the two things that always catch my eye are what color is the what color is the text. If you have white text on a yellow background, Hard to see. no one's gonna be able to read it. Visibility. <laughs> yep. No visibility. Gonna, so so that just the contrast is yes. a factor. And then the other I think big piece is the well, there's three really, there's the structure of it, yeah, like are things if you have things in a particular sequence, what does that sequence mean? Yes, does it mean anything, yes, or is it just aesthetic placement? yes, and then the third is the the actual symbol, yeah you know, sometimes I see visuals out in the community that I have no idea what that, that symbol, symbol is. means. Yeah. You know, and it is clearly in a style of that sort of quote unquote universal symbol, like yes. the kind they use for construction or like road signs, but I've never seen it, before, never seen it before and I have no <laughs> idea what it means. <laughs> what does this mean? You know, and if you travel to other countries, you see that same symbol set yes. or symbol style in road signs all over the world yes. and usually you can figure out what they mean yes um but if you can't but if you can't or you're you have a symbol in that style but it's not necessarily symbolic of something yeah then it's confusing I and
0: think and you combine
1: those three things yes. and you get you know no one paying attention to your sign
0: I think it comes down, a lot of this comes down to if you create a visual, mm-hmm. check in with other people about right. it and stay curious about it. Try not to go in with like a, a weighted investment of like right. if something d- doesn't get it, don't take it personally. Sure. Remember like stay curious, create a visual, stay curious, mm-hmm. show it to 10 people. And 10 people with different
1: types of experiences. Yes. Like if you're creating a sign for the public to use not every 10 people who may speak different languages 10 people who are different ages 10 people
0: so there's there's variety in your sample yes yes because otherwise you're just confirming your own bias correct yeah correct so it and you might even unintentionally go find 10 people exactly like you because you might think they're gonna get it try and search out 10 people and if you're in, in a school 10 kids in the classroom, Mm -hmm. try and find 10 different Mm -hmm. learners in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and ask them, hey, what what does this mean to you? How would you use this? Or show them how to use it, and then ask them to use it. Right. Yeah. Those are my tips on visuals. Tips on visuals. I could talk about this. You could talk (laughs) about visuals. For a long time. You could talk about visuals, I think, forever. No,
1: not forever. (laughs) Not forever. But I think from traveling and from trying to navigate other spaces where I don't speak the language and I really have to rely on the visuals, visuals, I've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work. Yes. So... Alright, well, I think we're going to wrap up this, this podcast, but we'll be recording more soon, so stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Thank you.